We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. So, here we find that we're talking about destroying him that had the power of death, which is the devil. Now, God told Moses, said, you take a brass serpent and you put it on that pole. And it'll come to pass that any that's been bitten by the snakes, if they'll look on that pole, look upon that serpent, they'll live. Now, to understand that fully, I think we'll have to go back in the Old Testament there to where God sent Moses before Pharaoh. And when they got out there, God had told Moses and shown him this before he ever got out there. Had to train Moses in this, told Moses to throw his rod down. He threw his rod down and it turned into a serpent. Then God told him, take it by the tail. He took it by the tail and it turned back into a rod. Now, the rod is the type of the Word of God. A rod is a type of Jesus, which was the Word of God. Isaiah said, a rod shall come out of the stem of Jesse. Now, there's no doubt it's talking about Jesus. So here God is showing Moses that this rod, which is a type of the Word or of Jesus, when it is thrown to the ground, it becomes a serpent. But when it is taken, it became a rod again. Now, let's watch it as they went before Pharaoh. Aaron had the rod then, because, you know, Moses said, I can't talk. So God said, well, I'll let you be a god to him. You tell him what to say, and he'll say it, in other words. So Aaron threw his rod down. It turned into a serpent. And Pharaoh said, well, that's nothing. And he had his magician do the same thing. He threw their rods down. They turned into serpents. But there was a difference in Aaron's serpent or Moses' serpent than their serpent. And that was that the rod that turned into a serpent must have been a king snake. You know what king snakes do? They swallow other snakes. I don't know whether you've ever seen it or not, but I had occasion to witness that one time in the woods when I was squirrel hunting. I saw a snake, a king snake, swallow a water moccasin, swallowed him whole. I mean, head first, man, swallowed him right on down. Now, here's the thing I'm getting at. When the rod was thrown to the ground, it turned into a serpent. Now, while it was a serpent, it swallowed up all the other serpents. It swallowed up sin. Then it turned back into the Word. See, that is a type of the death and resurrection, the type of Jesus becoming sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus became sin for us, now you know, you get into all kinds of arguments about that. Some people say that he wasn't made to be sin for us, but I just choose to believe what the Bible says. If the Bible said he was made to be sin, I believe he became sin for us. Sin is a type of a serpent. He became sin. He didn't sin. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't want to get into this, did Jesus die spiritually or that. Just forget about that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, did he become sin? He became sin for us. The Bible says it. Okay, when the rod became serpent, it swallowed up the other serpents and turned back into the rod. Now, let's get back over here. You thought I'd forgot about the serpent on the pole, but the serpent's on the pole. The people are dying because they've been bitten by the old serpent, Satan, by the fiery serpents. God said, now if they'll behold, behold, the serpent on the pole, if they've been bitten by the serpent, they'll live. 
You know what God said? See, that's a brass serpent now. Brass serpent is symbolic of divine judgment passed upon Satan. Not only that, but that brass serpent on that pole was a type of Jesus. He became sin for us. He didn't commit sin. He became sin. He absorbed it. That's what I'm saying. When he put himself in the position of being a man and receiving sin, he swallowed up the sin that God said judgment must come upon it. There must be a penalty for sin, and the penalty for sin is death. Jesus swallowed it, embraced it. He became sin. He swallowed it up. And then he turned back into the Word. Thank God. The resurrection. Now, those are shouting words. That's a shouting message, I'll tell you. Now, he said, look on that serpent. Now, if you'll behold what's happened here, he said, you'll live. If a serpent has bitten you, it won't even affect you. You know what that is? That's a type today that we can know that the old serpent, Satan, has been rendered harmless and ineffective. That he through death might destroy him or paralyze him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Through death, Jesus destroyed or paralyzed him that had the power of death. Now, he paralyzed him. See, divine judgment rendered him harmless. There's not a one of you. If we had a brass serpent and passed it around, none of you would get bitten by a brass serpent. You know why? Because he's paralyzed. A brass serpent can't bite anyone. But he said, if you'll behold it. See, most people have never beheld Satan as being paralyzed. They've beheld Satan as a roaring lion. Well, they've even beheld him more than that. They've beheld him as a lion devouring people. But Peter didn't say he was a lion. He said he's as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I'll tell you what, he's all mouth. He couldn't devour you anyway. Jesus knocked his teeth out. Somebody said, where in the world did you get that? Well, I got it out of the Bible. I believe it was Psalms. David said that God breaks the teeth of the ungodly. <laughs> so you know the devil's teeth broken out if God breaks the teeth of the ungodly because he sure qualifies, don't he? But now let me tell you, most people just so soft and pliable, he can just gum them to death. He don't even have to have any teeth. No backbone. But if you'll behold what has happened to the serpent, the cross, you see, the cross rendered the serpent harmless and ineffective against those people that this old serpent had affected. And thank God it's still that way today. If you'll behold the fact that Satan has been paralyzed by the death of Jesus... He has been destroyed. His effectiveness has been destroyed by the death of Jesus on the cross. And that's what all that serpent on the pole in the wilderness is a type of, is the victory that Jesus won for you and me. When he suffered that death and died and laid down his life, that he might swallow up all the evil. Let me tell you something. There is no sin problem today. Jesus is the cure for the sin problem. He was the cure for the sin problem. It's already cured. Now, we still have a sinner problem. You better believe we've got a sinner problem, but we don't have a sin problem. Thank God Jesus has absolutely, totally cured the sin problem. But the problem is many people don't receive his cure. So if we would behold what Jesus has done, the serpent on the pole. Thank God, I tell you, I don't know whether it helped you or not, but I talked myself happy about this. Well, let's finish this chapter up here. My, my, my. Where'd the time go?
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He'll deliver you. He did that to deliver you, so you wouldn't be afraid of death. You don't have to fear separation from God. You don't have to fear spiritual death or physical death. Thank God Jesus tasted death for every man. Now, he said, and deliver them that through fear of death were in all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Now, notice what he's saying. He didn't take on him the form of an angel. He didn't become an angel on this earth. He became as the seed of Abraham. In other words, he became a man. The humanity of Jesus was absolutely imperative for eternal redemption. If he did not suffer as a man, then he could not be the sacrifice because it had to come by someone that was a legal resident of this planet Earth. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to secure or to help them who are tempted. Now the Bible tells us that he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. See, Jesus was the only man that ever lived on this planet and walked perfect and upright under the old covenant. He did it, walked perfect and upright under the old covenant, which no other man had been able to do, so it was legal for God to anoint him with the Holy Ghost and healing power. He was a full-fledged earthling and a full-fledged man upon this earth. What it says here, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He had to be like us. See, the problem has been, and I know I got this idea in Sunday school, that, well, somehow, Jesus was just here like God, just God, in flesh form. And he was still his divine Godhead power. So nothing was temptation to him. But the Bible says he was tempted in all points like we are. Somebody said, oh, well, Jesus couldn't have had a desire to miss it anyway. Well, now, wait a minute. If you didn't have a desire toward a thing, you couldn't be tempted toward it. See, we've missed some things that Jesus went through on this planet for us. He had desires like any other man. Now, he kept those desires and put them under. He mortified the desires of the body. And he came forth victorious. But if he was not tempted to do wrong, then the Bible told us wrong when it said he was tempted like we are because we've been tempted to do wrong. I've got good news for you. Under the new covenant, we can walk perfect and upright as though sin had never been. Glory to God. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Before I leave the broadcast, I'll remind you that all of this week we have CD offer number 7306 entitled The Ministry of Angels. Three CDs for $22 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $27. You remember in the Old Testament, in Exodus, the 23rd chapter, God said to Israel, for mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Persavites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I'll cut them off. Now, he assigned a special angel to them to lead them to the promised land. 
But did you know that they didn't get to the promised land? The people that he first said that to, they all died in the wilderness with the exception of Joshua and Caleb because they would not speak what God said. They would not agree with what God said. God said, I've given you the land. Go in and possess it. They went in there to search out the land and came back with an evil report. Ten of the spies did. Twelve went in. Ten came back and said, we're not able to possess the land. There are giants over there. Joshua and Caleb saw the same giants. They came back and said, we're well able. Let's go in at once. Now, here's the point that we talk about in these series. The fact that even the angel, the angel of the Lord that had been assigned to them to lead them to the promised land, couldn't get them to the promised land if they did not obey or keep the word of God in their mouth, and they died in the wilderness. That's offer number 7306. If you don't keep God's word in your mouth, you won't have faith in your heart to do the things that you need to do in life. Ministry of Angels, offer number 7306. Three CDs for $22 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $27. Toll-free order line 1-877-396-9400. 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.